Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Uh, focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi everyone, and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette, and this week we're chatting to mother and daughter Christine and Natalie Naman. Christine has written a book about her daughter's battle with mental illness and heroin addiction called About Natalie. We're going to be chatting to them about the book and how addiction has affected their relationship. Hi, thanks for joining us, um, both of you. Really appreciate you coming on Mentally Yours. Let's start off. Tell us about the book and why you wanted to write it, Christine. Uh, the book is called About Natalie. And I wanted to write it because as Natalie was struggling with her addiction, I was struggling right along with her as her mom. And um, there was so much isolation. There was so much stigma. There was so much, um, so many, so many feelings that I was, ha were, was having. And uh, I just wished that I had somebody to reach out to. And I thought, you know, if I could maybe uh, put myself out there and write about our experience. I could help uh, someone else, other parents not feel quite so alone and um, maybe provide some hope and support for people. Mm. Um, so Natalie, are you all right to um, talk us through a bit about what happened to you in terms of your struggles with mental illness and addiction? Um, when did you first start to, to have difficulties and what happened? Yeah. Um, well, I always had issues with my mental health ever since I was very young. I first remember being depressed, like around probably the age like five or six, and it just somewhat progressed from there, or well, did progress from there. And then substances started becoming an issue probably around age 12. 
uh, I started off with some pills that I found at my grandparents' house. My grandfather had passed a couple years before that from cancer. So the one day I was just, you know, just reminiscing and going through his stuff because I missed him. And, you know, sometimes their stuff still smells like them and all that. And I was going just through his stuff just to, you know, like, because I missed him, like I said. And I came across a bunch of pills that had been acquired over the years and especially over the last couple of years with his cancer. And I, I was curious and I was having a lot of mental health and some struggles at school with other peers at that time. And I knew that that stuff, you know, could make people feel better. So I took down the names and I ended up looking them up later and that was, you know, that was the start of it. Mm. So, but how did you go from sort of trying those prescription meds to then um, where you ended up? Because um, eventually, um, yeah, things got a bit more serious, didn't they? How did that happen? Yeah, definitely. Um, Around 14 is when things started getting a bit worse. I, uh, had the issue with the pills, but they, I, I had had periods where I tried to get away from them, but I kept circling back. And at one point I ended up getting in a relationship online with this guy and he actually had sold heroin and did heroin. And um, one of the times he lived a bit of ways, but one of the times he came to visit he I was curious so he actually left me some heroin to try once he got back home and we could be on a Skype call so he could make sure nothing happened to me and at that point I didn't really do a ton and so I didn't really see the appeal at that moment but a few months later I asked one of our I asked a close friend like you know hey do you know anyone with you know some pills and the person they ended up connecting me with said, hey, like, I'm having some trouble getting pills, but I can get heroin. And since I already tried it, I really wasn't, you know, kind of afraid of it, like people might think. So I tried that with him and it mostly progressed from there. I ended up getting away from it from a little bit, but then... I got in some trouble at school and, you know, things ended up going backwards again. Now that you're a bit older, um, do you have kind of more of a, an insight into why I wanted to try it? Do you feel like it was really about kind of curiosity at that stage? Um, or was it sort of linked, do you think, to your mental health struggles in terms of kind of making yourself feel better? What are your thoughts on that now? I think it was definitely, definitely, like you said, the second part with the mental health, because really the only reason I was curious was because I was depressed and, you know, struggling and not having the best thoughts. And once I tried it, I wasn't, it took me a bit to look back and realize, but I was definitely self-medicating with the depression and stuff. I look back and realized the majority of the times I was taking the pills was after, you know, I got in a fight at home or, you know, had a particularly bad day at school or whatever. And it definitely, definitely became a form of self-medicating. And I had no clue about withdrawal at that point. I didn't know that that was going to happen. So that was quite 
quite a shock but after you know later on like a lot of it turned into a little bit of everything you know like self-medicating but also you know just the dip you get after you stop mentally and physically it's just it's hard to get through that dip Mm. so did you become then sort of caught in a loop of of taking it and then like you say feeling good but then feeling worse again and then taking it again to feel better is that fair to say exactly exactly especially whenever it progressed to you know like I said heroin at like 14 and then it progressed to IV heroin at like 16 um there were so many points throughout all the years I was using where I I was really I really really wanted to be done I wanted to be done but then it got whenever I tried to stop if it wasn't the mental aspect it was the physical aspect I just couldn't get through that first couple weeks of just that horrible withdrawal so it was just it was really very much a cycle and then if I was able to get through that then you know you just become horribly depressed and at first I thought that like the heroin and stuff it was kind of like in a way like saving my life because like I figured if I wasn't using I'd probably harm myself but it just got to the point where I wanted to harm myself and I also had a drug problem and it just it they just really didn't help the other issue. Christine can you tell us a bit about sort of what was it like for you at this time um sort of what sort of awareness did you have around what was going on with Natalie um, cause I think s- some people might assume that they'd, they'd know if, if their children were doing things like this, but actually it's, it can be really hard, can't it? To sort of see the signs. Oh, it definitely is hard to see the signs. I mean, yeah, you know, you have to know, um, what you're looking for and you have to let yourself see what you're actually seeing. Um, early on, um, it, embarrassingly, I had no idea. Um, I had no idea that Natalie had taken pills when, you know, I had no idea that she was self-medicating when she was young and, um, you know, kids are tricky and, you know, as they're, you know, teenagers are tricky. And as she was growing, I, um, she was, you know, there were so many signs, but there were, the signs were things that could be attributed to, um, other things as well. I mean, she was becoming, um, you know, more reclusive. She was, you know, but is that just independence? She was, the the friend groups were changing, but is that just a normal part of growing up? Um, You know, she was moody, but isn't that, you know, something that kids go through also? So everything that I saw um, wrongfully, I thought was just part of kind of growing up. It wasn't until she was 15, until she was much deeper into um, things that I couldn't, I, I realized that what I was seeing was definitely signs of drug use. Mm. Um, and in terms of her depression as well, had you any kind of sense of that or had you kind of put that down to sort of typical teenage um, mood swings or changes? You know, I did. I did. I mean, I, I didn't feel, I mean, I felt that she was struggling a little bit at school and, and things like that. She was struggling with friends, but um you know, unfortunately, so much of that is a, is a little bit common. I, I just feel that I should have been a little bit more on top of it because I should have, um, you know, she was dealing with it, but obviously she was dealing with it in all the wrong ways. But um, yeah, I mean, definitely, um, I, 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 looking back, I can see that there was a whole lot of 
um, you know, emotional mental struggles there with depressions and anxieties. And, you know, there was a little more, you know, bullying and, and things like that. But, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But um, I definitely have my regrets and uh, wish that I had um, seen things sooner so I could have intercepted and and helped her quicker. Mm. But as you say, I mean, everything's easy with hindsight. I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds like a really difficult situation. Um, at what point did you realize um, that Natalie was really struggling and needed help? Well, I think it was definitely when she was 14. And, um, you know, we we were called to the office because she had been caught with heroin at school. And, um, you know, definitely that's, you know, you think that's as bad as it can get. Unfortunately, it can get much, much worse. But um, that was definitely called our attention to, a, a, you know, her drug problem. But honestly, um, I mean, I think there's part of you, you know, you face it head on, but then there's part of you that kind of goes into denial. Um, I've talked to so many parents and I guess we were just a little bit more typical with that. I mean, you feel as if, well, maybe it was just the first time, maybe it was just experimentation, maybe, you know, it, you know, she was, it was a, a bad crowd. It wasn't so much the things that she was doing. And, um, you know, the, the, the path to recovery is, is just, you know, I always say to everybody, it's two steps forward, one step back, because um, you think you're onto something and, you, you know, you think you're solving the problem and you're, you're seeking all the help, but um, it, it takes a while uh, to get, you know, get on that, that right path. But um, for sure, it was, um, definitely later than I wish it. Uh, it. We intercepted Natalie later than I wished that we could have. And um, Natalie, tell us a bit more about sort of what happened after that as you grew a bit older. Um, how soon were you able to get into recovery or um, was it a few more years? What What was the sort of what happened next? Well, after I got after I got arrested at school, um, they did a mandatory outpatient program. So that was my first taste of like, you know, like the recovery environment. But of course, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't usually stick the first time. A lot of people wish they are like, they call it one and done, but that's not often the case. And it wasn't the case with me either. And I ended up entering that program again a bit later, but what ended up happening was is I was kind of also introduced, yes, into the recovery environment, but I was also more introduced into the drug environment with the people I was around. And, you know, there was a few kids in that program that I honestly felt bad for because I could tell that they kind of wanted to keep up with the other kids and that sort of sense, which wasn't very healthy. But, um, you know, after that, I tried all sorts of treatments and all sorts of, you know, inpatients, outpatients, different programs, like, and I feel like it was mostly just taking what worked from each program and just kind of making your own, you know, recovery plan, because recovery is definitely not one size fits all, as they say. And, it was mostly just trying over and over and over again. And that's just basically what you have to do. You have to try over and over again. And if this doesn't work, try that. And if that doesn't work, try this. And it eventually, you know, it just kind of, I found the right type of program for myself. And, you know, 
someone's always going to, you know, judge whatever program you're running because everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people think their way is the only way. But if it works, it works. And you just got to find what works for you. Mm. And are you able to tell us in a bit more detail about what has worked for you? Honestly, right now I'm on methadone and that's what's currently working for me. I've tried cold turkey a bunch of times. I've tried, you know, Suboxone. I've tried, you know, medical assistant tapered. But honestly, this is the first thing that's honestly worked for me. And that's kind of what I was mentioning with, if one thing doesn't work, try something else. And for a long time, I, you know, was, I kept trying, like I said, cold turkey or using medications, but using them as a taper, because I just felt like, you know, that's more ideal, because you're not, you don't continue on something for a period of time until, you know, you work your way down. But the thing was, was like, I wasn't getting enough clean time that way to even consider, you know, whether or not I'd still be on something, you know, a while from the point of trying to get clean. So I was like, you know what, like, let me, I've tried everything else. Let me just try this. And it's honestly been amazing. It's been a lifesaver. Um, I'm, I, you know, go every day and, you know, it just, it works for me and it really, really, really has helped. And how about in terms of um, kind of daily self-care, do you now have any kind of routines that you find helpful? I just know from my own sort of mental health, I found it very useful to do things like meditation and things, which some people think are kind of very fairy, but I find quite helpful. It's like, like, uh, you know, it's whatever works for you and um, which it really is. But um, I'm actually trying to work on that better, work on getting more of a routine. But um, I think that something that's hard, like was hard for me was I just kept saying like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do everything right. I'm going to do, I'm going to come up with a routine and I'm going to do everything. And then that day would come and then I'd mess something up and I'd be like, okay, like today's ruined. I'll try again tomorrow. And that kept happening. So I like was like, all right, like, why don't I just try and implement one thing at a time? Like just, you know, this week I will try being better at, you know, hygiene. And then, and then once I've gotten that down, like, okay, let me try and be a little bit better with my diet. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to, you know, do a little better than that, because it it is a struggle, you know, doing those things when you have, you know, depression issues, or, you know, I have a number of different mental health disorders. And it's, it's a struggle, especially whenever you're also trying to stay clean. And so I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> try to make it work because it's, you know, it's when you get clean, there's definitely a lot of things that are easier and less hectic. But then with me personally, the mental health struggle has gotten a lot harder. So I'm still trying to find my balance, but I'm where I am at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Christine, tell us about how it's been um, as a mum sort of supporting Natalie through this, through sort of relapse and then recovery and then this process of, of trying to find what works for her. Well, it's it's been obviously a difficult journey for Natalie. And, you know, when your child is struggling, you know, you're struggling right along with them. So it's been a difficult journey for me. But as I will 
um, have always said and will always say, I mean, Natalie's the best thing that ever happened to me. She's my daughter and we are, you know, we're in it uh, together forever. Um, it was, it's so hard to see. It has been so hard to see her struggle. It has been so hard to feel like um, you finally have your solution and then watch your solution uh, disappear and then get back on and find another solution. But um, like Natalie said, you know, she went through so many treatments and I think she benefited from all of them. I don't think there was one magic fix, but I think she benefited a little bit. It was like collecting pieces of a puzzle that helped form her recovery. Um, I, it's hard. I know that a lot of people, um, you know, nothing like, like Natalie pointed out, nothing is, nothing is ideal, but, um, we've stuck with it and watching her, uh, become clean, watching her, um, she doesn't give herself enough credit. She's, she's doing, she's doing well. Um, we're all a work in progress her included, but, um, she's, she's, she's doing well. And, um, you know, it really is, it's cliche to say, but it's one day at a time, one moment at a time. Um, and it's one moment at a time for me as well. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say that I worried, didn't worry every single day, but, um, we are, we, we're, um, we're blessed and we know that we're in a, we're in a good place. Mm. And just to finish up, Christine, what would you say to um, any other parents who are in this position? They've um, they're trying to support someone um, with addiction. Oh, I would just say don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, uh, they do recover. Recovery happens. Um, again, not one size fits all, but there's help out there, and um, go after it, and uh, try and try and try again. Um, the reward is worth it. And, um, you, you can get your child back. You can get your loved one back. Um, they're, they're in there somewhere, even though they don't, uh, they don't seem like themselves, but they are in there somewhere and, um, you can, you can definitely get them back. You can, um, you, you can help them be, be the person that they were meant to be. So this is goodbye from mentally yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated, uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 